I think I was always so focused on like either needing to prove myself every day that I deserved where I was or that I was included by people. And if I would have just let go of that desire to feel like I belong somewhere so hard, then I would have just realized that I belonged instead of stressing myself out about I'm not, maybe I'm not good enough or I don't deserve to be in this spot or blah, blah, blah. So to take that sort of pressure off my shoulders as a young athlete probably would have made me a lot better. (laughs) Welcome to Before the Lights podcast, true stories behind high performers. I'm your host, Brittany Wilson. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing the women behind the brand Soccer Girl Problems. I've been watching their relatable soccer videos for years, and it's a dream to have them on the podcast. The mission statement behind Soccer Girl Problems is that they aim to encourage the well-being and positive self-image of female athletes everywhere. Through this lifestyle brand, they aim to establish a sense of unity and sisterhood in the female soccer community, empowering girls to be comfortable in their own skin. Now that's something I can get behind. Today we talk about the story behind their brand, self-image of athletes, and so much more. I hope you enjoy the podcast today. Again, if you do, please screenshot this, share it on any of your social media outlets. Just tag myself and Soccer Girl Problems. Also, a quick update. I just launched my new site, BrittanyOneWilson.com. Here you can book one-on-one online coaching with me, read my blog post, including my most recent post about how to email a college soccer coach, including a free template, and even support me by buying some merch. Again, that's all available at BrittanyOneWilson.com. Thanks so much for your support. Let's get to it. I'm here with Soccer Girl Problems. I'm so excited to have you guys on the podcast and just talk a little about the platform that you guys have created, your life on the soccer field and beyond. So thanks for joining. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So so I just want to dive right in. What made you guys start Soccer Girl Problems? Did you know that it was going to be such a big deal? And what were your goals with it at first? This question always cracks me up because people don't realize like this, we started this account just as a fun, organic thing that was just something that our teammates could laugh at. And it just spread like wildfire in the soccer community. So just rewinding for a second, like we were playing college soccer at Fairfield University in 2011. And it was like during preseason. So we were um just we had ice packs all over our legs, we had t-shirt tan lines, we had all these like things that we were going through. And at the time, Twitter was actually just getting big, if not was made during that year. Yeah. So as we're like saying funny things, funny soccer girl problems that we have, we looked at each other and we were like, we should just create an account that our team could relate to and follow. And mm-hmm. um, it would just be a fun thing that we can do. Um, little did we know like, weeks into it, it started gaining traction and we started gaining hundreds of followers. And there came a point where people were like, you guys should make a video. It would be so funny. Um, So picture like all three of us teammates, just like frolicking around campus, um, going like using all the facilities, getting yelled at because we're filming and just having a really good time doing things that soccer girls do. And we put out our first YouTube video, Shit Soccer Girls Say, Uh in in, um, February of the following year, and it went viral. So like, since day one, I mean, we were just doing this because it was fun. And we really didn't have a goal for it. But after it went viral, and we really realized our reach, we had hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter at this point, like, 
Oh. We knew that we had something so much more special. So it actually leads into the next part of like what happened was people were asking us to make t-shirts and Alana, you can take it away from here. <laughs> um, I was just a little bit older than uh, Carly and Shannon. So when I graduated, I was like, let's put out a t-shirt. Like now that I'm not an NCAA athlete and I'm a NARP now. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, we took tweets and like sayings from the video and we made these three random like highlighter color t-shirts. They were so bright and obnoxious. <laughs> and uh, we made a website that we always laugh at that we don't know how anyone ever trusted putting their credit card information oh. into it. It was, so <laughs> it was sketchy. <laughs> you made the website yourself? Um, well, we had like a family friend do it. Okay. It was, like the bear, like just a box <laughs> yes. and click the size and you put your credit card information in. <laughs> um, and we were like, oh, well, what's the worst that could happen? Like no one buys it. So we made the website live and the night we made it live, we like sold over 300 shirts immediately and the site crashed because it couldn't handle people on it. We were like, oh my God. And we were like, wow, people feel that connected and relate are relating to something so strongly that they want to be a part of it and they want to walk around, they want to wear it. And I think that's, it was a big moment for us to be like, all right, now like, we really, what, what comes out of our mouths matters and the way we are seen matters. And we want, you know, people to be able to feel understood and to feel accepted and to be able to vent their problems to us. And, and I think that was like a good turning point when we really started to take it a lot more seriously and the message that we were putting out there too. Yeah, that was huge. I remember vividly the first time I watched the first video that you guys made and I was sending it to all my friends, probably <laughs> part of, you know, the that's what I'm sure everybody was doing. You guys were like the first to move to actually talk about all these things. The soccer world is pretty small, I'd say, you know, but we all have the same struggles. And so how did that develop into what is now basically your guys' business? Do you guys do this full time? And what are some of the hardest parts about um, creating this business as, you know, young entrepreneurs, really? I think one of the hardest parts was being athletes and not being business majors and then all of a sudden having this huge audience. So we kind of went backwards. We had the audience and the customers. And then once we graduated, we're like, oh, we don't know what we're doing. Like we have to start from the... <laughs> start from the beginning. Um, so we ended up joining a, um, a program right in Fairfields for startups and they really helped us like learn everything from that. Wow. And just being teammates and knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses and learning how to work together, the three of us. Um, yeah. it definitely, it, it's just a learning process. So yeah, Shannon, it, it was exactly that. Like we remember just literally having no idea how to write taxes for our business or like we need an accountant. Where do we An go? LLC. We're like, what is that? Yeah. Like how to rebrand re ourselves was also another like whole thing. Like we had, like Shannon said, we had such a huge audience that we were then backtracking, trying to figure out like, what can we do with this amazing space? And yeah. I'm just so proud of where our company has gone because like Soccer all problems is our baby. It's our, it's our, it's our job. Like we are working 24 seven technically for soccer all probs and we're trying to make it so that it's like the one place where female athletes can come and feel fully supported, like met with mental health, fitness, nutrition. And then of course, like the apparel side of things makes people feel more a part of a sisterhood. And wow. if you're a lady baller, you're a part of our community, but we're just really happy with taking something that was just hilarious and funny and actually making it like more serious and meaningful 
and helpful to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. I love the, the like figure it out as you go mentality, because I think that's what holds a lot of people back at the start is like, for example, starting a podcast, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, okay, you have to start somewhere. And you guys obviously started with the video and then you figured it out as you went, you probably, you know, looked for an accountant. And like you said, asked for help and learned as, as you went. And I think that's kind of, it translates into how we learned in soccer, right? Like we didn't know anything at at the beginning, but through our coaches and mentors and all this stuff, we continue to take those steps. So how do you, how do you say soccer helped you guys individually just as now, you know, female entrepreneurs is what I'd call you, you know, business owners. We always say that we always attribute, I think, our success to being athletes and not that our actual playing of the sport helped us, but like everything that we learned from the sport and like how to communicate with each other, like playing on the field and having to communicate in training and then having to communicate with each other in the office space are things that carried right over like pretty smoothly, which has been awesome. And like Shannon was saying, like kind of rolling with the punches as things came, I feel like it playing college soccer on a division one level, you never know what's going to be thrown at you. And you kind of just have to always be up for whatever challenges coming your way. So I feel like we've kind of approached the business that way too. And like, yeah, got to figure something out. We, yeah. we figure it out and we teach ourselves and we get it done. And also to add to that, I feel like we each play, like you would play a role on a soccer team and everyone mm-hmm. plays a different position and has a different responsibility. Like it just so easily transitioned, like Alana was saying with us, we each have our strengths and we each have our weaknesses. And like, we recognize that and we were communicating and it just was, it's like the perfect mesh of, of what should be at companies. You're like being yeah. vocal, communicating and figuring out how to best get to your goal, that common goal, but in your own like, you know, strategic way. So definitely has helped everything in our lives. (laughs) Yeah. When would you say you pivoted from making the relatable content, selling the t-shirts to now recognizing, okay, we have this huge platform of young female athletes. How do we talk about things that are really important? And and how did you decide what those things were? You were mentioning mental health, all these different things. So how did you decide, okay, now we're going to pivot into speaking about these things and what things are most important to us. I think it took us a little bit of time. I mean, we definitely had more humor in the early years, um, but we each had, had these struggles. And I think even just talking with each other and our teammates, we, we were finding we weren't alone with it. And we were getting emails from so many young lady ballers and parents just asking us like different things or telling us what was going on with their daughter or themselves or their teammates asking for advice. And it was like, we have this huge like family, like this community that all are dealing with similar things. Like what can we do to help make that easier for the younger people or people our age? Everyone has these issues. So I always reference this one point and I don't know why it's the one that sticks out in my head, but I very vividly remember this dad coming up to us at like a, a U.S. Women's National Team game or something and being like, do you know that my 11 grade, my 11 year old daughter came down the stairs this morning and she was like, dad, look at how jacked my quads look. And he was like, that, he's like, that's because of you guys. He's like, that's not a normal thing for an 11 year old to say or to be proud of or to embrace, you know? So I, I remember so distinctly hearing that and being like, wow, that's like really important. Cause I remember being younger and hating that about myself, you know, or trying to hide that, yeah. trying to go the opposite way. So that to me just made me like stop and really think about like the impact that you can have by example. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's true. And I feel like you guys are really using your platform to talk about that stuff because even just as soccer girls, because we share that we are all in the sport, we're all in this together. There's little things, you know, like you were mentioning the quads, you know, we have huge quads and I actually remember the same thing. I was proud of them after I watched that video with you guys. It's actually crazy. This is full circle because (laughs) I seriously was like fangirling about you guys and being like, Oh my gosh, now I love my quads and I'd go to school and, you know, be proud of it instead. And Um, the whole reason I started this podcast was obviously because I think our struggles, um, make us into who we are. And so what struggles individually did you guys face, whether it be in college or off the field that you think really strengthened you into, you know, the soccer players that you were, but obviously the strong women that you are now and people that are leading other women into, you know, feeling part of a community. Want to go first on that? <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to talk. You had your hand like this. I, I was just going to say, like, I, I I tore my ACL in high school, and that was obviously a huge thing. But just going off of what you said, like, I feel like it just made me reflect in like dealing with body image issues throughout my entire life with my thighs. Like, because you were talking about jack thighs. Like, I remember just being like holy crap, I'm struggling internally so much about this my whole life. But now looking at it, I just feel like it's actually given us, me and and us, a a place of speaking from like our truth and what we experience and then what we wish we could change looking back Mm. and helping other players who are dealing with body image. So I don't know, I guess like it's it's an ongoing thing. And obviously Mm. no one is ever like healed perfectly about their body image, but like if I could go back, there's so many different things that I would do to love myself more. And I, I feel like I would have been a better player and just like yeah. a better all human. Yeah. Um, and I just think that that, you know, it makes you think it's like, okay, I want to help people avoid doing what I was doing. Cause it wasn't a healthy mindset, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. And I'll cut you off there because that is one of the biggest struggles that I face too. And like I said, you guys were one of the biggest impacts in me realizing, okay, my body is not supposed to look a certain way. It's supposed to perform, you know, it's this way because I can kick a ball super far and I can jump really far, you know, all these different things. And so I struggled with that in high school too, you know, with eating disorders, all these different things. And Girl, whoever is listening to this, like you're not alone in that. We all struggle in that. And that's why I really think your platform is so important because you can joke and have a good time, but you can also talk about these things that are really important to people and people can really resonate too, because there are funny soccer girl problems, but they're also like really serious ones too, of, you know, wanting to look a certain way or different things that come along with the game, the mental side, all this, all these different things. So yeah, it's it's tough. What type of injuries have you guys experienced? Because as soccer girl, that's one of the biggest soccer girl problems, right? ACLs, all this different stuff. Have you all had knee surgery? Two, two out of three. Two out of three. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's crazy. What was the recovery like that like for you guys? Because knock on wood, I hate saying this. I hate talking about it all the time. Yep, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I haven't experienced that, but I've obviously had so many teammates going through that. So what is it like to recover from an injury like that? And for anybody going through that, what are just words of advice that you guys would have for them? I think like we talked about on our podcast with you, just like taking it step by step and one day at a time, because it's so overwhelming right after you do it to be like, I'm never playing again. It's going to be nine months. This is like, my career is over. And then 
taking it just like, okay, today I'm going to bend my knee. Today I'm going to walk. Today I'm going to ride the bike. Um, And just making sure that you're not overwhelming yourself and you're not alone. There's so many players that this happens to. So just being, being part of this community and just knowing like, it's okay, it's going to happen, but let's, let's get better from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and too, like, I remember when I tore my ACL my junior year of high school, I remember thinking like my whole life is over. Like you feel like you the, yeah. literally because your identity is the game when you're injured, you just feel like you no longer, you're nothing and that no one cares about you, which just goes back to like you not feeling loved, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like, okay, how can I stay involved? And I remember going to every single one of my practices, fitness sessions, everything and sitting on the sideline and watching and mm-hmm. just like trying to socialize with the team when they got water breaks. And like, it honestly kept me going, like just being a part of it. like not removing yourself which could easily happen you know really Um, so I that would be like a piece of advice that I would give like stay involved in other ways like you can be a leader on the bench and not step on the field once you know oh yeah one of one of the girls who I would say had one of the biggest impacts on me was medically um she couldn't, she couldn't play soccer anymore after her second ACL or it might've been even her third, but still she was such a leader on the team. She was so involved in everything that we were doing. You know, I wouldn't have never known that she never stepped on the field because of her knee, you know? So I I love that piece of advice of just continuing to be part of it because I can imagine, you know, if you had so much time alone and then you're by yourself doing treatment, you're away from the team that it can get lonely, but I think community is huge. That seems to be a common theme today, but like the community of your team and then community of people around you is really important to just continue to, to work towards healing and then feeling like yourself, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And like Shannon said, like there are so many people that have gone through this, connect with people who have gone through the same thing and like pick their brain and everyone is so willing to help, like shoot a text to a teammate who got, who has gone through and they are more than willing to help you and give you advice. Mm, I love that. I love that. So you all have transitioned from playing the sport to now, obviously kind of being businesswoman, although you're still involved in the soccer world. What was that transition? Like, was it hard for you to transition from your whole life being a soccer player to now, you know, stepping out and doing something a little different? What was the hardest part about all of that? everything (laughs) hard it's it's still hard to me even though we're very grateful that we got to transition to something that's still in the soccer space so we never felt that like full disconnection from it but it's so oh it's so hard it's even hard when it's a fall season in college and you're done and you're still at school and the team is still practicing and you're not there yet it's like oh it's depressing it's very hard I think it's yeah I was going to say, I just think it, it really forced us all to be like, all right, who am I? Because I'm not the shell of a soccer player that's no longer a soccer player. Like, I, I have to be something. I want to stand for something. I And this whole person separate from that, even though that will always be a huge part of me. But, yeah, we all – I struggled with it hard. I struggled with it so hard, I went back and ran track and field because I was feeling lost. And being I love athlete. that. But, but it's awesome. true. Like, it makes you reflect and you're like, what else do I love? I didn't do anything else when I was a player. Like, mm-hmm. it makes you re- remember that you're, you're not one thing. Like, you could be a bunch of different things and you have a bunch of different interests that will pull you through. And like, 
I really fell in love with health, specifically hormone health. And like that I dove in and like, same thing, Alana and Shannon are super, they're into fitness. Like they know everything about it. And I just think those things like it's, it's okay to evolve, but still stay into like the field that you want to be in. And what we're doing is perfectly aligning with soccer players and being still surrounding ourselves around the sport has helped us transition a a lot easier than some people who have nine to five jobs at offices, you know, but as we always like to tell people, like you can find a job that working for a team, like you can find a job working for a a sports broadcast, like just staying in the field of, of sport might help you. And I think, I think everyone kind of goes through an identity crisis after finishing soccer, whether it is after you graduate college or when you retire from being a pro or after high school, if you're not going to play in college, but it's also, it's so nice to find out who you are off the field and what else you are passionate about. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's huge. And I think that's huge to start finding out for yourself because I think it's really important to be super laser focused. You know, I always have been super laser focused on soccer growing up. I'm sure you guys can resonate with that. But also, you know, you know, when somebody would ask me, what are your passions off the field? I'm like thinking about soccer. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but I think it's important to have those passions and, and get creative and think about that. And obviously you guys were incredibly creative thinking about all the stuff that you have made now. Um, so I would definitely encourage young, young people to, to start doing that and think about, you know, why they love the game, but also finding out different things about themselves as they go along too. Yeah. It's weird. We were saying that we feel like COVID has been horrible, of course, but in a way like helping players who are not playing and not with their team, like actually do this process before they retire. Like this is important work, the inner work that players need to be doing on a, you know, a weekly basis so that it's not so much of a culture shock when they have to retire after college, you know? Oh yeah, totally. I feel like we're not prepared for that at all. They're just like, all of a sudden one day you play your last game and it's like, okay, this is all over. I'm like, luckily I haven't faced that yet, but one day we'll, I will have to face that. I just can't imagine, you know, like we're just not prepared for that ever. I Uh, think we need to write a guidebook about that. That's huge. Yeah. That would be great. Becoming a NARP. (laughs) Becoming a NARP. I love that. That was so elegant. (laughs) So you guys talked about COVID. How has this been affecting you and how have you still tried to reach your audience and encourage them at home? Because I know I've been talking to a lot of young athletes and they're just, you know, they're always wondering, how do I stay motivated? What can I do at home? What do I do alone? And I feel like this has been a really hard time um, especially for the youth athletes, um, people are used to being around their teams every single day. I think the mental aspect is probably huge and draining. So what have you been doing to connect with your audience in that way through this whole thing? Well, so we, we talk about it a lot and we obviously as a business have been talking about moving forward, the future of what's going on because COVID is probably not going anywhere anytime soon, but When it comes down to it, like our focus has been, you know, less, maybe less on the e-commerce side and more on putting online programs out there where we're actually putting out a lady baller's guide to conquering anxiety program. Um, It's coming out next month and it's actually the perfect program to come out right now because we, like we were saying, we want the players to be doing the inner work now, like while they're home, while they're, while their stresses and their anxieties are super high. 
Um, this is super important to be able to harness your anxiety and learn how to healthfully deal with it because it could paralyze you as a player. Like we all know, it definitely can paralyze you. Um, and so that's where our focus has really been just like, how can we holistically help the player? Um, and specifically mentally, how can we help the player? Because no one's thinking about, you know, should I buy a t-shirt right now? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know? So just bringing that value is important to us. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the hardest thing I, I came out to Orlando this year and then was sent back home and was at home for three plus months by myself. And it was when nobody was doing anything. I couldn't even get individual coaching or anything like that. And as even an older player who's now like a pro technically, I was struggling so much with the mental side of how do I, because I think the hardest part about it is that you, you're not getting those little rewards along the way, right? You're not looking forward to a game day. You're not winning a game and getting to see your teammates. It's like, I'm still putting in all the work. I'm doing the workouts. I'm doing the handling, whatever it may be for your position. I still want to work hard. And I'm sure these kids are being told to work hard, but it's like, how do I stay mentally motivated and stuff? How did you guys stay motivated for yourselves? And then how do you think these kids should be encouraged to continue, you know, how long this is going to go where, where they can't see their teammates? Um, how do, how have you guys dealt with that? It's hard because it's kind of like a tunnel with no end. Like you don't know <laughs> what, how long it's going to be like this, but I think a big thing we've just been trying to focus on with kind of spreading to people who are looking for advice is to work on the things you don't normally work on because mm -hmm. it's a weird time. So this is a great time to like do the things you always say you wish you could fit into your schedule and you can't fit into it anymore. Yeah. Um, and then we're, we're big on like celebrating little victories, like set little goals for yourself. They don't have to be these, obviously you're not going out and winning a championship or anything at this time, but set little goals for yourself, even if they're weekly goals or monthly goals or things like that, that, you can hit and check off that box and feel that sense of accomplishment and feel like your work is going into something. Oh, but yeah, it's such a hard, it's hard to be motivated when, yeah, you don't have any of those momentous like games and, and tournaments and things like that. Yeah. Um, but we've really just been trying to get people to focus on the other things that kind of get put to the side when the regular craziness of life is going on. Yeah. I think staying in communication with your team, just like our, us, the three of us and just um, teams in general is so helpful and we've seen so many creative ways, like with teams doing Zoom fitness in their backyards yeah. and just having like little contests that they can do on their own, um, whether it's technical or shooting or whatever. I think that definitely helps. It's just like, because it's hard to have fun when you're always playing alone or the limited time you can play with each other, but you have to make it fun. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's a hard time for everybody. How have you guys continued to, you know, push yourselves to create new things and to continue to grow your business beyond what it already is? What are some of your brainstorming things? Let me know like what the day-to-day -day grind is for you guys. <laughs> well, Wait, it used to be different every day. Really? Now it's kind of like the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. it's true, Shannon. Like when we were in the city, we would have shipping days where we would, um, Shannon and I would walk an hour to the train and then take a two hour train to it, do the inventory with Alana. And like, um, then we'd have office days. And now, of course, like um, I moved, like things have changed with COVID. It's been wow. really wild. And like, we're working online now. And to be honest, like, I think we're really freaking busy right now. And I'll 
although it may not seem like it's, it's a slow time, like we're really working so hard on the education side of things, like putting out val valuable information about stress and anxiety to help lady ballers cope right now. And mm -hmm. I guess like we're really just taking the role of trying to be like the shoulder to lean on and like the place to go for comfort because we we're feeling for these girls mm -hmm. like they, they're losing their seasons. They're not playing their, their seasons are even being pushed back. I heard April of next year, like some people have lost their senior season. Like it's just so sad. And we just want people to feel fully supported because we don't want this to be like a weird, you know, delayed year where people feel like they're set back. Me meanwhile, like, like they're on pause. Exactly. Like mm -hmm. meanwhile, it's like, we want them to be like, no, you actually can improve in other areas. Like let's, let's do this. So yeah. our day to day is different all the time, but we work a lot on the creative stuff, funny stuff, education side. We do it all. Like we do the website maintenance. We do the customer service, wow. the lady baller ambassador program. Like we have busy days. <laughs> yeah. Who's do you guys have certain roles and who fills those roles and how did you figure that out amongst all of you? Did it just kind of happen as it went or did you know it from the start? I feel like it was like trial and error with stuff like certain responsibilities or certain things would pop up and we'd all work together to learn how to do them and to figure it out. But we kind of like all fit into our paths. I feel like of what, what our roles are within the business and I don't know if that all stems back to just being on a team and kind of knowing your role on a team and knowing your strengths and weaknesses, like Shannon was saying earlier. But yeah, it's funny. Sometimes I feel like it just happened and I don't even realize it happened, how certain yeah. ones just got really good at specific things. Yeah. And those have been the tasks that we like take pride in and that we, we do the most every day. Totally. I remember our mentor told us, you guys have to pick who is the marketing you know, manager, who's this, that, and the other thing, who's dealing with inventory. And we were like, oh my gosh, like, we don't know. We weren't business majors. We weren't marketing majors. We have no idea. Like, so it was just like, such what's a- your, What's your title at the business? We're always like, No, so true. Like, just like anything, we, we realized what each other was so good at and what we were not so good at. And we kind of just like leaned into it. And honestly, we got lucky that we were able to easily- pick the roles. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's, it's weird. It's weird when you work for yourself, like yeah. you're not applying for this job, like mm -hmm. it, oh, it yeah. is who you are. So it's just weird, but yeah, probably not the best answer on my end. <laughs> and then, you know, you know, stop saying, which I always loved how he said, it's like, we were big embracers of fake it till you make it. Like yep. if we went somewhere and we were proposed to the question or they, we got sat in on this <laughs> meeting with people we had no right being in a meeting with, like yeah. you sit in that chair, like you own that seat. Yeah. And you're gonna act like you know what you're doing. You're going to figure it out and you're going to go home and you're going to do the work to figure it out and make sure that the next time that situation comes up, you guys know, you know exactly what you're doing. And so the whole, we've always just been like, all right, maybe we don't know how to do that, but we're going to, we're going to act like we know how to do it. And we're going to go home and yep. figure it out. <laughs> we love the challenge. And also like, we're not afraid to ask for help and ask questions. And I think that's like a huge piece of advice to give lady ballers or anyone who just going into either school or the business world, like you're not dumb for asking a question. No. You, people are so willing to help you. Yes. And you're going to get help and you'll be able to overcome your obstacle like this instead of like trying to figure it out on your own. That will take four weeks yeah. <laughs> and really set you back, you know? Yeah. No, I love it. And I think you guys are living people's dreams of creating your own business and not necessarily working for anybody, but working for yourselves. And I love how you talk about the fake it till you make it thing. I, I've always definitely 
been part of that as well. But I think you guys have been a good example of like, it's not even necessarily faking it because you're putting in the work, right? You're, you've, you're supposed to be in those rooms because you've worked so hard to do it. And I think it's, it's a really beyond the content you're putting out soccer specifically, like just how you're building your brand and how you're carrying out your business as individuals, I think is a really encouraging thing for young female athletes or young athletes in general, just to see and be like, okay, you know, they're figuring it out. They're making this work. So I think it's really cool. Thank you so much. That means a lot. (laughs) Of course. So I always end with the question and I want to do it in two ways because you guys are soccer players, but you're also, you know, the soccer girl problems girls. And so For your business, if you could go back before you started it, what are one or two things you guys would tell yourselves um, before you began this whole journey? Take a business class. No, we didn't need one. We learned it. I guess I would say like, don't be afraid to take risks because when you're a business owner, like it's your baby, like you are terrified to take a step in the wrong direction, right guys? Like mm-hmm. even investing your money is scary, you know? So just, I, I would say like, take more risks. I feel like I didn't do that enough. Okay, that's and good. To branch off that, I would also say just like, don't get so obsessed with where to start, just start. Mm-hmm. Like the first, that taking that first step forward is so much easier than just standing in place forever, trying to figure out all the steps at once. So yeah. I feel like, just rip the bandaid off and start and you'll create your path that way. I think just making sure you're being your authentic self. I think that's something that we've always tried to stay true to and not trying to just copy what everyone else is doing. There's going to be so many Instagram accounts of girls on beaches and they're, you know, dress doing the same thing. Like do you, you don't have to be the same as everyone else and like find that thing that makes you unique because that's, what's going to help set you apart and, and keep you going. So I love that. I love that. I feel like it's been a theme. Me and my roommate have been talking about it so much lately. It's like the, once you realize it doesn't really matter what other people think and you just go and you put yourself out there and you're creating, you know, if people are judging you or saying things about you, that means you're doing something different. That means you're doing something cool. So it's like, I'm almost now at the part of my, at the point in my life where I'm like, I want to be judged and critiqued because it means I'm creating something, you know? So I love that answer. Okay. So quickly with the soccer, if you go back before, you know, you started your college soccer careers or even younger, what are one or two things that you guys would tell yourself uh, as a young athlete? I think not to put so much pressure on myself. I really didn't have fun because I was always so anxious and nervous that I was going to disappoint my coach and not get into the right college and not be good enough. And I just wish I had fun every time I played like I do now. Every time I play now, I have fun. And I wish I had that. Yeah. That same mindset. Totally. I was going to say, I'd probably tell myself um, to stop obsessing over if I belonged where I was. I think I was always so focused on like either needing to prove myself every day that I deserved where I was or that I was included by people. And if I would have just let go of that desire to feel like I belong somewhere so hard, then I would have just realized that I belonged instead of stressing myself out about I'm not, maybe I'm not good enough or I don't deserve to be in this spot or blah, blah, blah. So to take that sort of pressure off my shoulders as a young athlete probably would have made me a lot better. Yeah. And I honestly, I would say like, looking back, I just wish I believed in myself more because 
I feel like I had so much potential, but I didn't believe that I could do it. And it showed up in so many ways. And like, even my body language on the field, if I messed up, like automatic head down, didn't believe in yourself in the first place. No wonder why you messed up. You know what I mean? Like, um, I just feel like I, if I can go back, I would just be more, try to work on my confidence and be accepting of when I made a mistake. Like we spoke about a couple of times on the podcast. Yeah. Love it. All such good answers. The last thing I always ask is if you, so individually, because there's multiple of you individually or soccer girl problems as a whole, if you could be known, remembered for one or two things, what would, what would they be? Ooh, that's a good question. Putting you on the spot. You might have to steal that for our next one. Do it. I'm always interested to hear the answers. I, I swear, I, I tell people, I, I ask these questions more for myself sometimes than I do for the listeners because I'm just like, okay, what is it? <laughs> oh. Honestly, for me, I, if we could could help one person just love more as an overall person and like, like I said, believe in their, themselves, like that just hmm. means the world. Yeah, I, I ditto that. And I was going to phrase it differently, not like, I wish everyone could like look at us and be like, they didn't give a shit. Like they didn't <laughs> care, you know, like who was judging. We care so much, but we don't care at all. <laughs> you know, like, don't, don't not care, but don't be so invested in, in what other people think of it. I would hope that people can look at our company and be like, well, those three girls are so authentically themselves that I couldn't say a single thing that would get in their heads and make them want to act a different way or, or give off a different sort of viewpoint. I love it. That's awesome. Can I ditto both? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Great. You guys are a team. You're all on the same page. I love it. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much. I think there are so many good things in here. I, like I said earlier, I just really look up to how you guys are carrying yourselves in your platform and just being there for young athletes. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And we look up to you. We love what you're doing. Oh, Brittany, I wish we were still playing and <laughs> I know. <laughs> when, we, when we can when we can travel to Florida, we're gonna come down and we're gonna try and score on you, and it's gonna Let be hilarious. We'll, we'll make a, we'll make a video. That'll be yes. Amazing. For the team too, we'll try out for the team too. I'll start my fitness now. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Just get a program going. Do one of your right. programs and try out next year. That'd be perfect. Don't <laughs> feel. Don't I'm scared. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank Bye. You Thank you again so much for listening, and I hope you got as much value out of this podcast today as I did. You can support Soccer Girl Problems on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, pretty much every platform, and go to their website at soccergirlproblems.com. Again, it would help so much if you could help me get this podcast out by screenshotting, sharing this on your social media outlets, and tagging myself and Soccer Girl Problems. I hope this interview inspired you to go out, live your story, and don't be afraid to share it.